Hi, everybody. This is Moshe Fried, and welcome to the very 53rd episode of the Class Stars podcast. This is the very first episode of the very second year of the Class Stars podcast, and I was debating whether or not to start a new season, to make a season two, but I figured here we are halfway through May almost, and we're in this lockdown pandemic uh, mode. Let's ride out the season, and God willing, in September, we'll have a new school year, and hopefully we'll be back in school, and that will be a great time to start a second season. So we're going to ride out season one uh, this way, go beyond the year, and then try to align our seasons with the school seasons. I think that makes much more sense. Obviously, we started the podcast uh, May 5th a year ago, and here we are in the second week of May. So we're going to write it out this way, and we'll play the intro song, and then we'll jump right into it. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. So we're in the second year, and it's ironic how it worked out that a year ago I started the podcast, and here we are pretty much exactly a year later, and we just published the Class Stars app. And what's even more ironic is that the very first um, piloting of the Class Stars app which was actually called Class Act in those days. We had to switch the name from Class Act because Class Act, as classy of a name as it was and as catchy as it was, it was just too generic and there were too many other Class Acts. Uh, For us to distinguish ourselves, if you did a Google search on Class Act, we would not show up. If you do a Google search for Class Stars, you actually get the podcast. Um, But hopefully soon you'll start getting the app. We just published it. But either way, I digress. Um, The app's initial... um, piloting was also done in May. So we seem to have something about May. I guess it's, you know, we put in a full year's worth of work and then we release something cool in May. So we've had the initial class act um, launch was in May of, I think, 2015 or 2014. I can't even remember the years anymore. Um, And then a year ago, we had the podcast and now we have class stars on all three apps. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that and some of the conversations that I've been having with teachers because I've been reaching out uh, to a lot of teachers that we've been talking with over the years, um, pushing out the new Class Stars app, and the feedback has been phenomenal. But one of the big comments that I get from a lot of teachers is, right now I just can't do it. Uh, I'm just too overwhelmed with, with doing remote teaching. There's too much going on in school right now. This is not the best time, but I will definitely take a look at it over the summer. And we'll see what happens in September. And that is so understandable and so reasonable. You know, we're all overwhelmed here. Now, the the only thing that I really wanted to speak about was, you know, I was I was thinking obviously a lot about this. Whenever I get feedback, I think very, very carefully because it's these conversations that I've had with teachers over these last several years that has really informed what the app does and solving the problems that the teachers have. And again, the number one problem is we need a better way to keep track of what's going on. Obviously, the pen and paper thing has not worked. And there are some behavior apps, 
but each one has its own issue. And our goal at the onset was to create an app that simply and intuitively allows teachers to record what's going on, record behaviors, record attendance, record participation, record the things that can then show you a pattern of behavior that leads to good and effective learning and, and that can measure subtle improvement. It's so important to be, to be able to measure subtle progress. It's like when you take your kids to the doctor for the yearly well checkup and they measure, you don't see the child growing day to day, but you check every year and you can see the growth over the course of the year. We've got to be able to see the growth over the course of a week, over two weeks. What does a good two weeks look like? It looks different for different kids. Everybody's holding in a different place and you need to be able to gauge all that. So by giving you an opportunity and a platform that allows you to really record a lot more information, much simpler, much more intuitively, then you can see these patterns of behavior and how they develop and if what you're doing is working, if a certain intervention is working or not working, you can change it up. You know, I remember years ago having a conversation with a certain principal and saying, you know, like, sometimes you'll try a certain intervention and it won't work. And, you know, this guy was more of an old school guy and he's like, you mean a punishment? And I'm like, okay. So he says, what do you mean it doesn't work? I said, well, if you, let's, you know, I was like, give me an, you know, give me an example. He's like, well, we, we're, we give assignments again. This guy's like a really old school guy. And this goes, this, this goes back a while too. So, you know, I don't, I don't think, I hope nobody's doing this anymore. But either way, he says, we give assignments. And I said, well, sometimes, you know, there are kids that get assignments and it doesn't make them change their behavior. He says, well, that's just because the assignment's not big enough. And maybe he was, hopefully he was joking. I don't know. Either way, the point is that when interventions are not working, you've got to mix it up and you've got to be able to measure and you have to know what to look for. So all that stuff is important. But anyway, I got to thinking like, you know, I'm telling people about Class Stars, the app, and I ask people what device are you using and, you know, I can send you a link to download it because we're giving everything for free from now till the end of the year. You know, we want as many people as possible to, to grab onto it, but it's, it's, it's a hard sell at this point of the year because everyone is overwhelmed and having to do everything remotely does complicate things. So it's tough, but I was thinking, you know, does it make sense for teachers who are overwhelmed halfway through May to take on a brand new app? Does that even make sense? You know, and obviously the, you know, conventional wisdom says, no, it does not make sense. It does not make sense when you're teaching for many years a certain way and you've got it pretty much down to a science. You can do it in your sleep. You're really, really good at it. And now all of a sudden you've got to do Zoom or whatever other video conferencing, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, specifically, but the whole, the whole landscape of education is changing and has changed. And, and some districts are really, you know, well-prepared and adapted really, really well and really, really organized. They give very specific instructions to their teachers. Others are, are less, you, you know, it runs the spectrum, obviously. Um, but if you're having a hard time, you know, if you're not having a hard time, so then you're fine then you certainly, uh, you know, do you want to experiment with a new app? Okay, perhaps it's, you know, it's a fun time. I remember when we started initially, one teacher said, you know, hey, this is the best time of the year to try new stuff because we're at the end of the year. You know, we all are looking forward to the summer. You know, it's kind of getting stale. We've had a full year. We're all exhausted. We're, we can't wait for, for vacation. And you come along with this new app. 
it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. It gives us that, you know, encouragement, that enthusiasm, little burst of, of, of enthusiasm at the end of the year. It's great. But I don't think anybody's looking for that this year. You know, we're kind of in, in the middle of this pandemic and we're struggling day to day. And, you know, teachers that, that are parents and have families and juggling and even teachers that don't have their own children at home, everybody's struggling in one way or another. This is not normal what we're dealing with. And, you know, my feeling is we're going to look back on this and say like, wow, how in the world did we do this? How did we survive this? But in the meantime, we're doing it and we're forging through day after day after day. And that sentiment of like, oh my gosh, it's almost the end of the year. It would be great to try a new app. I'm not hearing that sentiment. So if you're struggling and you're not having that sentiment, it really does not make sense to take on a new app at this point. And then I was thinking that, you know, the reason why it doesn't make sense to take on a new app is because we're so overwhelmed and, and you know, teachers are always stretched thin. Now we're even more so stretched thin and, and we're probably feeling like we're about to fall apart. And I was thinking a lot about that. Like why, you know, not, not why are we feeling this way. It's obviously why we're feeling this way. We're feeling this way because we're, we're being pull, torn apart. That's just what's happening. But what can we do about it? And I was actually reminded of an old TED talk that I had seen where they had this guy, Apollo Robbins. He's a pickpocketer. I may have spoken about him on a previous episode on a podcast. I definitely, you know, spoke about him somewhere because, you know, I, I had this, this file on my old computer, my old desktop that I haven't used in a long time with a folder of TED Talks that I really liked when I watched them that really, really struck me. And this was one of them. And this guy's a pickpocketer, like the last guy you think you want to emulate. You know, this guy goes into people's pockets and takes their stuff without them noticing. And it's very entertaining. And we've all seen pickpocket acts. They're all, you know, similar where they call up some unsuspecting volunteer to the crowd and they, you know, proceed to just take this guy apart in front of everybody and he has no idea what's going on. But what was interesting was the way he explained how he does it. And he, he basically, in a very simple way, explained that the brain can focus on one thing. Our brains can focus on one thing. So if he can grab the attention of the brain and misdirect it, meaning direct it somewhere else, then you're vulnerable everywhere else. So he'll kind of like, you know, snap somewhere, make a noise and you're attention is attracted there and then he can go into your pocket and take something from your pocket you don't even feel it and he explained it this way and i was just thinking again how does this apply in a classroom environment you know these kids are literally pickpocketing us because they're all vying for our attention they're all pulling for our attention and inadvertently we're when we're focusing on one kid we're not focusing on another kid or anybody else so even if we think we can split our attention, you know, we talk about multitasking. I like to call it hopscotching because you're not really multitasking. You're really hopping back and forth from one box to the other. You, you can't be in more than one box at a time. You know, I mean, you could put that technically two legs down, whatever. I was never really, you know, a big hopscotch fan in the, in the first place, but I just thought it was a good analogy, whatever. Maybe that wasn't such a good analogy. Either way, either way, the point is that this TED Talk really illustrated the point. This, this guy, Apollo Robbins, this pickpocketer, really illustrated the point that when, when we're being stimulated in too many ways, when, when our attention is being pulled in too many directions, we kind of fall apart. We kind of 
fail to notice some pretty obvious things, things that we would otherwise notice. And so I was thinking that the key is really, if you're struggling with teaching over Zoom, to make it really, really simple. Let's break it down into two parts. Okay, you have two goals when you're teaching remotely. Number one is to deliver the lesson as effectively as you can. And that's, that's good old-fashioned lesson planning. If you're using Zoom, obviously, the whiteboard, the screen sharing, these are ways that you can present your material besides for actually just talking to them. And the second thing that's really important is making sure that every child is engaged. So you really want to go into class and you might not be able to accomplish as much. You might not be able to cover as much ground. You might not be, even be able to get to everybody the same way. But just keep it simple. Two goals. Deliver the material. And you can obviously do it with Khan Academy or YouTube videos. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do it, which you can do it in a traditional classroom with computers too. You don't need Zoom to use computers. But now we've all got these devices. We've all been forced to accelerate. If you were not previously teaching in a technologically advanced district, now you are. So again, goal number one, deliver the information to the kids. Number two, make sure that you make eye contact with every kid, that you call out every kid's name, that every kid feels like they're part of the lesson. And that's really tough. That is really tough to do. And that's something that doing it remotely is really, really challenging. So the question is, yeah, I'm going to simplify your objectives here into two goals, teaching the material and getting to every kid. So how are you going to make sure that you get to every kid? So there's one really simple way. Right next to your computer, you have a class list. And as you are engaging the kids, just check them off. Just check them off. Make sure that you have each and every one. Or you can download Class Act, Class Stars for free, set up your class, and just swipe up on every kid. And you'll keep the two-day meter. You'll see in real time which kids you haven't engaged over the last two days or which kids got the least engagement over the last two days. And that's just the simplest way to make sure that you've gotten to every single kid. And that is what we're starting to call the tier one. This is what, what applies to everybody. And then when you're dealing with misbehavior issues, which I'm starting to get questions now from teachers about kids that are misbehaving over the Zoom, and there is something really cool with Zoom that you can mute kids, but that gets complicated because you can't just mute them. You've got to engage them. You can't just shut them out, even though technically you can shut them out of the classroom. But you've got to engage them. They belong there. They need to learn. You gotta, you know, you you feel responsible for them, or at least you know most of the time. Obviously, there are always exceptions. So how do we engage these kids? So with class stars, you can also record misbehaviors, and the misbehaviors go into the algorithm that tells you which kids need even more positive feedback than the others, prioritizing based on ratio. And you know we've spoken about that many times, the five to one ratio, the seven to one ratio, the three to one ratio. You know, every kid deserves to get more positive feedback than criticism every single day. So make sure that the ratios are in a good place. Make sure kids are getting more positive feedback. And those kids with the negative borders, border colors, should be getting more positive feedback. And to learn more about this, obviously download the app and watch, you know, the video on the power of positive feedback. You'll, you'll learn a lot more about this. So my answer to the teachers that are saying, I'm just too overwhelmed to take on another app. My answer is don't take on another app. Simplify your teaching. Two goals. 
teach the material, make sure every kid's engaged. Okay, you want to make sure every kid's engaged with a pen and paper? Fine, do that. Okay, but once you've gotten this narrowed down, Class Stars is going to make it much easier for you. So that's my encouragement, that's my advice. Obviously, Class Stars is not for everybody, so if it's not for you, then that's fine. Find a way to engage every kid. That's the most important thing. How many kids do we, you know, go without this? And, and we don't, we're not even aware of this. And this was really the thing that bothered me the most when I started practicing, talking to teachers and to kids. The teachers were not even aware of the kids that they were not aware of. Because you just don't know what you don't know. You're not aware of what you're not aware of. And like the pickpocketer, like Apollo Robbins, The Art of Misdirection is the name of the TED Talk, you know, our attention is pulled in so many ways when we're teaching and even more so when we are, you know, doing it this way, which is not our native way. We're not native Zoom teachers, you know, so it's another step in the thought process that can throw us off and more kids can slip through the cracks. So let's catch them. Let's catch them because in some places, you know, as we get through May, you know, we're not sure, you know, hopefully again, God willing in September, we'll be back in school, but we don't know. We don't know. And if we're going to need to do this longer, we, we really need to make sure that we get to every single kid. So, so let's do that. All right. And again, if you can share this, tell, tell everybody that, you know, this is an amazing podcast and tell everybody about class stars and I'm going to be starting a segment. I've actually reached out. We're working with a couple of people. Um, we just got to work out the logistics of it, of people who are going to be actually using Class Stars, and we're going to be talking to them and hearing what it did for them, how it worked for them, the good parts, the bad parts. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty much uncensored because I want to put it out there, and people should hear from other teachers how it's working for them. So if you are interested in participating in this, you could definitely reach out. You can send an email to info at classstars.com. That's I-N-F-O at class, C-L-A-S-S, stars, T-A-R-S. That's two S's in the middle of class stars, C-L-A-S-S-T-A-R-S.com, info at class stars. Or you can message me through the podcast or on Facebook. You can message me on Facebook at the Class Stars page. Like the Class Stars page, send me a message. Facebook, and you can get into it. You can get involved. You can. You want to use Class Stars? You want to be on the podcast? We're going to do that. So that's another interesting development that we have going on. Again, we're in the works with a couple of people. It's going to take a couple of weeks because we want them to use it over a couple of weeks before we put it, before we put anything out there. So that's the latest. We'll see you guys next week. Sorry that the podcast was a day late. It's just tough. In lockdown, that's just the way it goes, and sometimes you need to wait an extra day. So I apologize for that. Hope you have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.